You don't need special gadgets to be a hero. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere, the Capital One Quicksilver card makes you the hero of every purchase. Whether it's headphones, a lounge chair, or even a well-deserved massage, whatever the Quicksilver purchase, you're the hero. No fighting bad guys, getting in epic car chases, or parachuting out of buildings required. Simple, isn't it? The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, everyone. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra, combining raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's here too, and this is Stuff You Should Know. Another linguistic, fantastic, gigantic edition. Divisive. I guess. Really, though, I mean... If you're standing up against the use or overuse of the word like, just take your head out of the hole and look around and see yeah. other things that are really <laughs> worth your time and effort and attention and energy. Yeah. We, we've gotten the random email here and there. And, and like you said, we're talking about the word like, uh, not as in like you said, although we're going to cover all the, you know, uh, supposedly proper uses. Yeah, also, we're going to accidentally use like or unconsciously use it, and this is going to be a really confusing episode. Yeah, because it's how people talk for the most part, and it's not just young girls, as we'll see. That's True. sort of a sexist thing to think and a mm -hmm. misnomer. Uh, we all do it, uh, generally, unless you are one of those people who thinks that it debases the human language uh, and speech and you have taken a real stand against it, you know. Godspeed if that's the hill you want to die on, but like it ain't mine. No, some people get so into it they throw cow's blood on people on the street when they use the word like. <laughs> so, um, Chuck, let's talk about the word like itself because okay. there is like plenty of oh my god, I just did it. There is plenty of good usage or accepted usage of it that's that's not controversial at all. Sure. Um, which makes sense because it's been with us for a really long time. Apparently, like goes all the way back to Old English. That's some Old English, right? Eight ball, 800. <laughs> yeah. Th there's a word called gelitched. And I looked it up. It is lichd, even though you'd think it was litched. L-I-T-C-H. That's uh -huh. how it's pronounced. But it's spelled G-E-L-I-C. Gelitch. And Old basically, English. yeah. And basically, it meant with the body. Leich meant body, really it meant corpse. So um, that was the like literal meaning of gelicht. Right. <laughs> so uh, practically speaking, gelicht meant uh, with the body of and then eventually kind of similar to. Mm -hmm. And then over time, because language changes, thank goodness we don't speak Old English anymore. Uh, gelicht, that's even hard to say on its own. Uh, that was shortened to just L-I-C, which I guess would just be Leich. Yeah. And by then, it had lost the connection to corpse and body, 
and became the root of the word like as in similar to. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It originally yeah. meant corpse uh, and it meant related to the corpse. Then it meant to with the body of or similar to and then just similar. Boom, bam, bomb. I love it. And for a long, long time, it was used uh, in Old English like as a suffix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that carried over like uh, F-O-L-C-L-I-C would have been, I guess, folk, folkleicht. Mm-hmm. Sounds German. Uh, like folk-like, in other words, folksy. Uh, but then, you know, Americans started using it like, you know, uh, Josh looks angry-like or that person is saint-like. And sometimes we still use it like that. But in general, we came up with L-Y to stick on the end of a word mm-hmm. to make it an adverb. And so we got words like slowly and saintly instead of saint-like and slow-like. Yeah, so Lee, L-Y, seems to be have evolved into an abbreviation for like. It still means the same thing. We just say it differently. It's abbreviated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ver- the verb to like um, – means like to be pleasing or sufficient, right? Sure. Originally, it operated in reverse. Dave helped us with this, by the way. Great job, Dave. But um, if you if you liked something, it wasn't expressed as you like it. It was that the thing you like likes you. Mm-hmm. There's an example from the Two Gentlemen of Verona, Shakespeare play, where one says to, uh, one character says to another, the music likes you not, which means you don't like the music. Yeah. And then eventually everybody was like, we sound insane talking like right. this and <laughs> made it the way that it should be, which is how we say it today, which would just be, you don't like the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was other weird usages back then that is uh, that have all since sort of gone away. Um, things earlier, I guess up through the 17th century, um, you could say liker or likest. <laughs> I know. Um, like could use almost or nearly as in. Um, like that play was so boring. I like to fell asleep. Like mm-hmm. I almost fell asleep. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then I believe in about the mid 19th century, which was a pretty late on the scene usage was, uh, feel like, like I feel like going bowling as in I'm in the mood to go bowling. I should have said that likes me. Right. <laughs> bowling likes you. Yeah. So, um, since this has been around, what, just for probably close to a thousand years, maybe maybe more, um, Old English is around for a while. Um, it's it's like has evolved, but as far as words go, it's really, really evolved, and it's still evolving before our very eyes. But over the years, in modern English, um, some some widely accepted, grammatically correct uses of like have come about. Only five. <laughs> Don't even try to go beyond that. Yeah, there are supposedly only five um, as a verb, obviously, uh, meaning to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we have to explain that. Uh, as a noun, like here is a, a list of my likes. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. My my turn. Um, similar to, which is kind of like of the body, the original version of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a preposition. So like you smell like a wet dog. Or there's an example in here that looks like your spatula. <laughs> what what situation would that arise in? Uh, a chef cooking competition. I guess so. Where it was stolen by the evil chef. Yeah, yeah. And that the looks friend, like your spatula, Josh. Like the yours. wingman friend chef is like, that looks like your spatula. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, we figured it that, out. That, I feel better it. now. We figured it out. Uh, what else? Uh, conjunction replacing as, um, you know, like my dad always said, uh, don't bother me for advice. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was getting personal. Like Josh always said, never trust family. <laughs> exactly. The mm-hmm. famous quote. Okay. So those are those are the ones. Oh, there's a, one more. is a suffix. Like, remember we said saintly or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, like still hangs around in some cases. Like you wouldn't say um, that that guy's uh, innocent approach to nature is very childly. It's childlike. Right. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that interesting that they mean the exact same thing, but you could use one for in one instance, but not in another. They're not just interchangeable. I love that. Yeah, and childlike is not childish. Two different things there, too. Exactly. But there's no such thing as childly, I think, is my larger point. Sure. That's pretty much the point of the entire podcast, really. Yeah, and my point is childlike is wonderful and childish is awful. True that. We should do one on ish. That's a good one. I looked it up. I wondered if that came from lich or leich, and it doesn't. It's a it's an even older word, I think, that means from the country of or the origin of. So yeah. you would be Georgia-ish. Yeah, and now people, even my own daughter the other day, I asked her something, and she went, ish. Yeah, it'd be worth one for sure down the road. Maybe a shorty. Okay. Shortish. <laughs> a short-like episode. Should we? A shortly episode. <laughs> Should we take a break, Lee? Uh, surely. <laughs> okay. Let's do <laughs> that now. Very interesting. <laughs> hey, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. That's right. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or you can check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Maybe you've stayed in an Airbnb before and thought to yourself, this actually seems pretty doable. Maybe my place could be an Airbnb. It could be as simple as starting with a spare room or your whole place when you're away. You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Maybe there's a big tournament in town and lots of fans will be visiting. You could Airbnb your home or extra room and make some extra money while people are in town. Whether you could use extra money to cover some bills or for something a little more fun, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I just got to say, this is getting pretty fun. Uh, you knew it was going to be. Yeah. Right? I didn't know. Sure. Okay. I, didn't, I figured we'd be slinging, slinging the slang. Uh, and that's where we come to now, actually. Good setup, me. Uh, the <laughs> slang of like is where people... Um, people, some people tend to get upset. It's interesting. Dave here says most people believe that any use of like, uh, outside those, um, acceptable ways is meaningless. Mm -hmm. I would say some people, I don't think most people believe that at all. Right. I thought that was an odd, odd word to use too. Yeah. Come on, Dave. I can't tell you the last time I ran into anybody who really had an issue with it. We haven't gotten an email on it for a while, but every once in a while, someone will write in. And you could tell they're just like bleeding from their eyeballs. Like they are, they hate us so much because we use the word like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, I can't do anything for you, man. I'm not going to stop talking the way I talk for you. Yeah. Sorry. That's just the way it is. Uh, Nothing personally. Yeah, of course. Um, The slang that we're talking about, though, uh, that people have a problem with, uh, and these people are generally like, you know, it's filler. Uh, It's not even a word. It's basically your um or your uh. You're abusing it. You're overusing it. And some people even go so far as to say, like I mentioned earlier, like you're you're destroying the English language. Okay. So those people just, I guess, buckle up because this is the, the part we're going into now. Because it turns out if you, um, if you hang out with the hip linguists, they will tell you, man, like, like really performs a lot of like really important functions. Yeah. That's ex- like exactly what they would say to you. PhDs. Exactly. Exact like. <laughs> uh, so Dave wrote up a little script. Um, do you want to play guy number one or guy number two? I would like to be guy two. Okay. <laughs> you know what's funny is this sounds like a conversation we would have. <laughs> it back- totally does. Backstage. <laughs> At the mall. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Guy number one. That's me. Okay. Hey, Josh, have you like seen what they're charging for the new Jordans? I know they're like a million dollars. Like, who can afford this stuff? Uh, I think they're like two fifty at uh, Foot Locker, which is still crazy. Like, I get that they're cool and everything, but if I paid two hundred and fifty dollars for shoes, Yumi would be like, "We're getting a divorce." <laughs> and and scene. <laughs> so. We're going to break this down, uh, and, and I thought this was a pretty good way for Dave to go about this, so hats off to Dave. But um, we're going to break this down because every single use of the word like in that dramatic scene that we just portrayed for everyone, mm-hmm. wonder why our TV show got canceled. <laughs> uh, they all have a use. They all have a function, and those functions even have names. Yeah, it's true. And it's not like they made up these names for like. They said th- these these terms, these different kinds of grammatical usage um, that, that make up a lot of slang, especially in American spoken English. That's very important. 
We're mm-hmm. talking almost exclusively here about spoken English. Yeah. Um, that that like fills some of those those uh, already established compartments. All right. So what's first? The first is um, the way that I think most people who like deride like um, the, what they focus on the most, which is called the a quotative, uh, technically a quotative complementizer. Yeah. Which basically what well, you're saying that you're, you're it sets up an impression, a paraphrase of what another person had said, would said, um, might say. Like like when I said Yumi would be like, we're getting a divorce. I, I'm not expecting you to believe in that conversation that Yumi told me that I, I she's going to divorce me if I spend $250 on some Air Jordans. Mm-hmm. But you know that the sentiment is generally true, maybe if a little exaggerated. So what that like is doing right there is signaling to you in conversation, hey, I'm take what I'm saying with a grain of salt here. I'm fudging a little bit, but I'm still just trying to get a general point across. Yeah, and also, uh, Dave points out, it can also be used to set up like a uh, a mimic or a uh, like an impression of the speaker. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it there because you're respectful of Yumi. <laughs> right. But another uh, gentleman might say, you know, my wife would be like, we're getting a divorce right. or something like that. Yeah. It is used a lot of times to set up uh, or like, you know, let's say it was Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. Let's Sammy would Sammy would be like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to file tomorrow <laughs> for divorce. That was lovely. That was right. love-like. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we can talk about is the approximate adverb usage in this scene. Um, that is when it's used, and this is very, very common. This is when it's used to mean, you know, around pretty much more or less just about like when I said, I think they're like $250 at Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Um, that means, you know, there were two or 300 people there. Like, there were like two or 300 people there. Uh, the bill was like 70 bucks or something. That means you're rounding up or you're approximating something. Yeah, and again, in this sense too, like signals to the listener, like, hey, don't don't fully take what I'm saying as fact. I'm not trying to be 100% accurate here. I'm trying to get a general idea across that this yeah. is really expensive. Um, I saw a, a paper in the journal Autism and Developmental Language Impairments by Jones, Zane, and Grossman, 2022, red hot still off the presses. Yeah. And they use this example of say, somebody saying, like, I have like 100 pair of shoes, right? You could have 40 pairs of shoes. And because you use the word like, uh-huh. that still gets the point across. And you're speaking, you're communicating in like a, a still essentially an accurate way. What you're saying is, I have a lot of shoes. Now, it's it's actually 60 less than the number I just threw up, but it doesn't matter because 40 is still a pretty big number. Right. What a like is doing here is standing in for approximately. And in this case, approximately wouldn't work. Because if you said, I have approximately 100 shoes and you actually have 40, that number is so way off that you're essentially either lying or totally incorrect. Like scuttles all that and says, yeah. hey, just uh, just go with me here a little bit. I'm just saying I have a bunch of shoes. Yeah, it really covers your bases. Uh, That's a legitimate like, function of conversation. No, absolutely. Um, I do want to poke Dave here just once because one example he used was the movie starts at like two or three. 
Like, well, that's okay, Dave. <laughs> it's kind you, of important. You should be pretty specific. <laughs> Dave's always late. We just always late for him. movies. <laughs> Uh, all right, what's next? We have the discourse marker, right? Yeah, this is pretty important too. Right. So this is um, probably something that you didn't know that it was called this, but we all use discourse markers all the time. Uh, he found another linguist named Anne uh, Curzan who has this analogy where uh, it's like traffic – a discourse marker is like a traffic signal or a road sign that help you navigate spoken English. Mm -hmm. And like is very versatile in this function because it can mean a bunch of different things uh, as a discourse marker, the first of which, um, like you said, it could be exaggeration. Mm -hmm. And in this case of, of our scene, um, I know these Jordans are like a million dollars. You know, it's obviously not a million dollars, but it sets it up as uh, I'm clearly exaggerating. Yeah, it's similar to the pair of shoes thing too, where if, I said, I know they're a million dollars. You'd be like, no, they're not. <laughs> it's a little high. I am from Russia. <laughs> right. In Mother Russia, Air Jordan's by you. In Russia, uh, <laughs> music likes you not. Uh, it can, used, uh, sorry, it can be used as a discourse marker uh, for emphasis uh, in our scene. Have you seen, have you like seen what they're charging for these new Air Jordans? Mm -hmm. So like just sort of emphasizes scene and it just sort of pumps up that like, hey, it's something outrageous is about to come your way. Yeah. Another one is um, like, let me elaborate. So when I think I said, like, who can afford this stuff? I'm actually elaborating on a, a, a previous sentence about how expensive they are. Mm -hmm. So they're really expensive. Let me elaborate. Who out there could afford this stuff. That's how expensive they are. Just adding like right there cuts down on all that extra fat. It trims it, trims it like a, a packer in 1906 in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there are probably people out there that are saying, well, you could drop the word like in a lot of these instances, uh, maybe not the million dollars one and stuff like that, but you could say in that sentence, who can afford this stuff? And I get that, but that doesn't mean that putting like in is – bad necessarily right and who wants to sound like larry david all the time right nobody <laughs> larry david yeah i guess uh what else what's surprise it's funny it gets across surprise but you have to use it in a, a really um unsurprised tone to yeah. for it to be effective so um for example if if somebody you would not expect showed up at a party and you went she's here you can kind of get that across, like like I'm really surprised that she's here. I'm maybe a little chilled that she's here. She should not be here, that kind of thing. But if you say she's like here, that really gets it across. Gets it across a little better. And but you have to. You can't be like she's like here. That doesn't right. work. You have to tone <laughs> it down and do the opposite. And it's then it conveys surprise. It's, it's fascinating. It's amazing that. That this is how we talk, and nobody's writing this stuff down. The linguists are writing this stuff down from studying what people are doing in real time in conversation. This is not part of, like, the modern language associations, like, handbook. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the last one we're going to talk about is, is as a discourse particle, and this is the one. This is This is the real bad guy as far as, like, haters go, don't you think? Probably, yeah. I think this is I mean, the this is hated. the one that, that, that people will say, 
is clearly just inserted in there as filler. It is the one that is infecting our language, uh, is this discourse particle use. And that is, um, I, I believe the, the woman who wrote the book, uh, Alexandra Darcy, she's a linguist, said, I believe a PhD, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, said that using it as a discourse particle doesn't, uh, doesn't change the meaning of a sentence necessarily, but it does set a tone and operates in the interpersonal realm. Exactly. Right. So, for example, um, if you are talking about somebody um, who you just like they've made some bad life choices or whatever, and you're expressing this to somebody else, but you don't want to make it sound like you don't like that person. Like you want to express that you still like that person, but they've made some bad life choices and you're a little a little disappointed in that. You could say two things. You could say. Um, I love her, but she's dumb, right? Uh huh. If you like, you sound kind of like a jerk. So what yeah. you can do is use like. You can pepper sentences with like to kind of pat it. Um, for example, you would say like, "I love her, but she's like dumb." That's it gets across to the listener like, "Hey, I still care about this person. I'm not really putting them down." I'm just trying to get across some stuff that I I'm just getting something off my chest here between you and me. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of it works as a softener uh like this example too. If someone asks you to go do something mm-hmm. uh like hey Josh, you want to go to dinner and you said, "Sorry, I'm tired." That's <laughs> like, "Oh, well, Josh clearly doesn't want to have dinner with me." Correct. But if you said, "Sorry, I'm just like really tired," then that just softens things uh like the interpretation is I would really love to go to dinner with you, but I'm tired. Correct. And you don't have to say all that other stuff. No, no, it's, it's, so it's, it's a softener. That's a really great way to put it. I think that's how John McWhorter put it, um, the linguist. And um, it also works in reverse too, because it acts as a shielding, right? You're shielding the other person's feelings by adding those likes. You're saying like, I, I don't dislike you. Um, I'm not trying to be mean here. I just, I'm, I know you're probably going to be disappointed, so I want to just kind of get this this information across as gently as possible. And peppering it with likes does that. But like I said, it works in reverse. It shields the speaker, too, in some cases. It acts as a hedge to where you are saying you're giving yourself plausible deniability. You're not saying I'm 100% confident in what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure. But because I'm adding like, it's hedging it so that if I'm wrong, it's not the end of the world. It's not that much egg on my face. So if if you were asking, if somebody asked what you were or what you did for a living, and I didn't know, I could say, I think like he's a podcaster or I think he's like a podcaster. That's like, it, it just hedges it a little bit. And in, in yeah. it protects the speaker in this case rather than protects the, the receiver, but it's the same function essentially. Yeah, I mean, we do that all the time when we're just pulling something off the dumb we're not sure about. Yeah, but people you still know? email in and tell me how <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong I am. Well, uh, Alexandria Darcy would say that if you use uh, like as a discourse particle, mm-hmm. then that means that you are emotionally intelligent. Yeah. That means you have very much an awareness of who you're speaking to and how your words are being received. And there have been studies that uh, that have shown that when people hear speech that do not have like or other discourse particles that uh, and, you know, is another one, you know, that uh, people sound robotic and unfriendly and unnatural and that these discourse particles 
conversationally make people feel at ease. Mm -hmm. It's almost like hard water and the likes Mm -hmm. are water softeners. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best I can come up with. Should we take another break? Yes. All right. We will be right back. Hey, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. That's right. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or you can check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail dominant power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Maybe you've stayed in an Airbnb before and thought to yourself, this actually seems pretty doable. Maybe my place could be an Airbnb. It could be as simple as starting with a spare room or your whole place when you're away. You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Maybe there's a big tournament in town and lots of fans will be visiting. You could Airbnb your home or extra room and make some extra money while people are in town. Whether you could use extra money to cover some bills or for something a little more fun, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. So, Chuck, if you um, ask people, even people who use the word like, like where did where did the use of like come from? When did we start using like in English, spoken English? Most people would, if given the chance to think about it, say Valley Girls. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Valley Girls. Uh, Valley Girls or Teletubbies, one of the two. And you'd be like, it wasn't Teletubbies. It, but also, it wasn't Valley Girls. Valley Girls popularized it, but right. we were using like way before. But one of the reasons why people think Valley Girls is in part because of a 1982 song by Frank Zappa that introduced Valley Girls to the United States. Like, they were pretty much confined to the San Fernando Valley until that Frank Zappa song came along, I think. Yeah, and this is, you know, part of greater Los Angeles, if you're not familiar, but— uh, in 82, he put out the song Valley Girl with his daughter, Moon Zappa. 
And it really, you know, sort of mocked that way of speaking. Uh, the movie Valley Girl was uh, it was not for the movie. The movie came out a year later. Mm-hmm. And that obviously made it even more popular. Uh, other movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and then later in the 90s with uh, Clueless, uh, which brought other terms that a lot of people hate, like whatever and as if. <laughs> uh, but like you said, these things really popularize it. It didn't invent it. And we know it because there's actual proof if you go back even just a little while and look at history of uh, in the 1950s and 1960s mm-hmm. with with the Beats and the, the Hep Talk or Jive Talk, uh, Bebop, they were saying like like crazy and writing it in their books. It was all over the place. Yeah. So Dave gives some examples of Bop Talk or Jive Talk or Jazz Talk. Uh, crazy was one. We use that a lot. Cool. The mm-hmm. Tops. That reminds me of Mel Torme. Gone, as in Gone Girl. Dig, hip, and then he includes et cetera, which I didn't realize was bop talk. I thought that was mm. Latin. <laughs> That's funny. You almost got me. <laughs> uh, but they would use the word like a lot. Like, you know, that cat is like crazy or, you know, like he is so square or like I was really grooving. Mm-hmm. You know, they used it basically in the exact same way. Approximate adverbs, discourse markers and discourse particles. Right. The same way. Valley Girls in the 80s used it in the same way people of all stripes use it today. Yeah, and if you were into jazz at the time, you were probably somewhat familiar with bop talk, but um, it filtered into the Beats, um, who kind of introduced it to an even wider audience in the United States. Like, it's it pops up here or there and On the Road from Jack Kerouac. Sure. So we know at least as far back as the Beats and probably before that in the, with jazz musicians in the 40s, um, like was used at, in the same slangy way that we use it now, Mul- multiple ways we use it now. Um, but that the, the Valley Girls are the ones that seem to have introduced or at least popularized that the latest version or use of like, which is that quotative version where it sets up a paraphrase quote. Yeah, and I think they did not find, and, you know, they dug around, I believe, uh, that Darcy in her book found uses in England in the 19th century mm-hmm. where they would use the word like in several different ways that we use it now. Mm-hmm. But that one, the, uh, what was it called again? What? the Oh, the quotative use? Yeah, yeah, the quotative. That's the one that seems to have really been truly born in the 80s. Yeah, and it's probable or possible that Valley Girls did not make that up, but it it became part of Valley Girl Val speak along with, like, Gag Me With a Spoon and Totally Tubular. And, um, All teenagers talk like that back then. Yeah, but apparently ground zero for it was the valley, that that's where it emerged from. At the very least, that's where people thought that it emerged from. Like kids, I in, think it's that. Kids in Ohio weren't necessarily talking like that. I know my sisters didn't talk like that until those movies came out. Mm, I heard stuff like that. I, I, think it, I think it popularized it, but I think teenagers were... I mean, maybe not some of the particular phrases, mm-hmm. but the use of like, you know, was definitely around before that movie. Okay. No, 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 for sure. I mean, pop, pop <laughs> for sure. popularly. Right. Um, okay. But most people point to or were exposed to it from Valley Girls. Not the movie. Yeah. I'm saying like the concept, the social trend, Valley Girls. Right. Okay. Because of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So um, that's the one that most people associate with Valley Girls for a reason. They're the ones who popularize it. But people blame Valley Girls for the whole use of like in a lot of ways. And it's kind of translated since the early 80s into young girls. You don't have to be Valley Girls. Like the idea is just young girls talk like that. They're the ones who use like all the time. They are infecting the language. That's what some people think. And that apparently is not just incorrect factually. It's pretty sexist in the way that that disco demolition night riot where people were just going crazy on disco records in Chicago um, was um, homophobic. Yeah. And, And racist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a history of that still goes on today of sort of thinly veiled, coded, um, like it's okay to like it's not okay to 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 make fun of uh, someone because of uh, you know their age or because of their uh, gender identity or their ethnicity or something, but it's still generally okay to make fun of the way someone might talk, uh, and that oftentimes is coded uh, in this case for young women. Yeah, because kind of as a rule, the contributions, the intellectual contributions of young women in the United States are not, there's not a huge high emphasis on them. Traditionally, there hasn't been, especially among older men. They're very much looked down upon. But again, you can't just be like, you're stupid because you're a a 20-year-old girl. But you could say like, you sound really immature because you use like a lot. It's still the same thing. You've just found a different entree into devaluing that person's contributions or that group's contributions. Well, I mean, you need not look any further than someone like Greta Thunberg. You know, she used like a lot. No, I'm just talking about when she first came on the scene. Yeah. uh, Sort of all you heard about was like, oh, you know, this young girl, this young girl. She's a rabble rouser. I think it's said, you know, generally derisively by a lot of people, generally older, uh, older men in politics, for sure. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great example of it. Um, so I said factually that doesn't make um, – it's not accurate. Uh, in our linguist heroes, Darcy and uh, Catherine Kinsler um, and others have studied this. They actually do studies to find out who actually uses like, and they found that in general, just using like, men and women use it with about the same frequency. But when you dig down a little further, you drill down into it, to get into the real granular meat of the whole subject, um, kind of like a, a 1906 packer in Chicago with a really sharp knife and tuberculosis, um, you find that there are distinctions between age and gender um, that, that in the use of like in different ways. Yeah, for sure. So what they found was uh, for the approximate adverb form, uh, meaning you know almost or just about, men and women use it equally. Uh, the discourse particle... Uh, like the softener uh, or the interpersonal like, uh, men actually use it more frequently than women. Uh, the discourse particle form like, uh, what's a good example there? Um, the discourse marker would be like uh, uh, emphasis, like have you seen? Oh, okay, yeah. That one, they found that women do use it more frequently. Mm-hmm. The the big one was the new kid on the blo- uh, block in the 80s, a quotative. Uh, con- complementizer. It's such a stupid word. It really is. Um, that's the one that is significantly used more frequently by women than men. Yeah. 
So yeah, and also there's this idea that it's just young the younger generations that use it, and that's they the younger generations definitely use it more frequently, um, and in more um, interesting and, and diverse ways. But it still filters to other age groups, and there's apparently um, Darcy included some quotes from Brits in their 70s to 90s who were using like in ways that we recognizes the slang uses of like. Like one of them says, a 75-year-old respondent said, they were just like sitting, waiting to die. Can you do a a 75-year-old British woman impression? I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, clear examples of uh, people of a certain age using the word like. Uh, The one, again, the one big exception is the quotative like. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is supposedly women use, or not supposedly, I guess they found in their study, uh, use more than men. And it's also almost exclusively used by younger people. But again, younger people are always the ones that are changing language and thinking up new words right. and trying out new usages since the beginning of time. Yeah. So there's a, a larger question that we still haven't fully answered. Um, and and. That is, like, do the people who hate like and say it's infecting the language, do they have a point? And it turns out the answer is no, not really. They have some sort of weird personal vendetta, which may or may not be sexist in nature or ageist at least. Um, that if you, if you look at how the word like is used, it provides all sorts of unique functions that other words don't necessarily fill. Like, remember I said approximately would work in some cases, but not in other cases. Um, Like has carved, or we've used like to carve out or fill voids that no other words had filled before in spoken English language. And yes, it looks weird on paper, but we're not talking about on paper. We're talking about in a conversation. And like is a way that people make sure that you're with them still when they're talking to you, that you feel included, that your your feelings are being acknowledged. It, it, it provides all sorts of really interesting functions. It does. And in short, it's just the way people talk generally. Yes, for sure. All right. Uh, well, if you want to know more about like, just start listening and you will drive yourself mad. And if you don't feel like doing that, just read some linguistic papers on it. There's some interesting stuff out there. Uh, And since I said that, it's time for Listener Mail. I'm going to call this uh, Simpsons Clue, the board game. Uh, Hey, guys, just finished to the episode on Clue. Uh, I am so excited to tell you this about the Simpsons Clue board game. Uh, Maybe you saw it in your research, but it is so on brand for you two. had to make sure that you were aware of its existence. Uh, In the game, Mr. Burns is murdered. And the characters are Marge as Mrs. Peacock, Homer as Mr. Green, Lisa as Miss Scarlet, uh, Bart as Professor Plum, Krusty as Colonel Mustard, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Smithers as Mrs. White. Apparently, this was later changed. Okay. Uh, uh, the weapons included Lisa's saxophone, uh, plutonium rod, Bart's slingshot, Lisa's necklace, uh, extendo glove, and a poisoned donut. Uh, the locations are obviously all around Springfield. You got Moe's, the Retirement Castle, the Simpsons House, Mr. Burns' office, and the Quickie Mart. And of course, there are a lot. Uh, there are lots of Easter eggs. It's just so perfect. As a kid that religiously watched the Simpsons reruns every night, uh, getting Simpsons Clue was the best birthday present I could think of, and the only version I have ever had. Uh, thank you for all the hours of entertainment and third wheeling. 
to your conversations, or I guess fourth wheeling with Jerry. I <laughs> uh, love you guys. That is from Margaret uh, Niehoff. Thanks, Margaret. That was a great email. I really feel the urge to go out and buy the Simpsons clue. Totally. If you want to subliminally act upon us um, in some sort of way that hopefully is is helpful, like getting us to want to buy a really great board game like Margaret did, you can get in touch with us too. Send us a very nice email to stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right. Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com slash Easter for details. Hey everyone, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra, combining raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.